0: Welcome back to the Go In The Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports.
1: Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube,
0: Immaculate Sports. It's episode 112. And uh, I'm excited for this one because although it's not the most in-depth, there's still a lot of great stuff to talk about. Trade deadline ended today. Most moves ever on a trade deadline day. Uh, World Series, Game three starting right now. We're not going to talk too much about it, but it's 1-1 right now. Uh, yeah. Looking pretty uh, pretty
1: good so far. Yeah, pretty much the only time we're going to be talking about the World Series is if something big happens uh, yeah. while we're watching. Uh, besides that, though, my opener is World Series game one. And I want to talk about that game real quick because that was a dandy of a baseball game to watch. A quick start for the Astros as they jumped up to a 5-0 lead in the first three innings. Nick Castellanos makes a diving catch in the first play of the game tonight. Uh, But going back to that 5-0 lead in the first three innings for the Astros due to two Kyle Tucker home runs. And then it was all Phillies from there on out. J.T. Romito came up big with the game-tying double in like the fifth or sixth inning and then came up big with the go-ahead home run to right field. In the 10th inning, giving the Phillies a 6-5 to five lead that they'd eventually hold on to and win Game 1 of the World Series. All
0: right. My opener's going to be some college football from the weekend. Ohio State beating Penn State 44-31. And uh, Penn State kept this one pretty close. C.J. Stroud, Marvin Harrison did their thing. But it was the defense for the Buckeyes getting the job done. T.J. Tuiama low out. Woo! Let me tell you the stats for the middle linebacker. He had... Two sacks, two fumble recoveries, two interceptions. One was a pick six, the game winner. So awesome week for that guy and uh, the Buckeyes. Got the done, Got the job yeah. done, not the done.
1: Yeah, college football is starting to get good. Uh, we'll talk more about the college football rankings and perhaps some more stuff from week mm-hmm. nine of the college football scene at halftime. Uh, moving on to the Mackin Sports Player of the Week now. As usual, four candidates all guys that had great weeks this past week. Uh, they were Tua attack Viola who went 29 for 36, 382 yards and three touchdowns against the lions and their victory. Uh, 20 votes. He got two of them. Uh, so two votes for Tua. Next up, Derek Henry, 33 touches, 228 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I kind of said this wrong, but he is the player of the week. Uh, yeah. He got 40% of the votes. Next up is Alvin Kamara, who had 27 touches, 158 yards, and three touchdowns against the Raiders. Uh, but he got 20% of the votes. And then lastly was A.J. Brown, who had six catches, 156 yards, and three touchdowns in the Eagles' big win over the Steelers. He got 30% of the votes. Uh, but like I said, because I had said it wrong, uh, Derrick Henry is the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. Definitely not his first, and it's probably not going to be his last. Moving on to team reports, Skyler. Rough week for me, rough week for you. Tell me about how the Jets did.
0: The Jets lost to the Patriots, twenty-two to seventeen. It was uh, a really close one, and some—I I, I don't want to say this is why we lost, but some really bad referee decisions. They even the official NFL uh, um, officials page apologized to the Jets for this one because there was a, a pick six by Michael Carter that got uh, taken off the board at the end of the, uh, the first half because they said John Franklin Myers landed on uh, on Mac Jones, which just wasn't true. Uh, but we'll get into the great here from the team because there was great, even though they lost. Uh, the defense was amazing. Um, Sask Gardner got targeted twice on screens. And he blew them both up, tackles for losses, uh, and that was it for him. Uh, pass rush got there. Quinnen Williams, Michael Clemens, Lawson, Franklin Myers, Shepard, Bryce Huff forced an interception, Um, but this game was all on Zach Wilson because although he had 355 yards and two touchdowns passing, he threw three bad interceptions. Um, I'm not going to go calling this guy a bust yet, uh, even though there were some horrible decisions he made because when he was on, he is really on. But we'll talk some more about him later. Uh, Obviously, they couldn't run the ball against the Patriots. That's why he threw the ball so many times. Uh, And they're playing Buffalo next week, which is going to be even tougher. But I'm not freaking out yet because this guy has time, man. We don't need to be calling him a bust or calling him Josh Allen or anything in the middle either uh, because there's other quarterbacks who are playing just as bad. And like I said, we'll talk about them.
1: Yeah, that's a we'll report. talk about that very soon, Lee. Yeah. Raider report, uh, we lost 24 nothing to the Saints. Uh, I'll, I'll talk more about them once we get to our, are mm. they dead, but uh, that's all we got. Okay. We got killed. That's fair. That's fair where we went right and where we went wrong, a pick that we did good with and a pick that we did bad with where I went right. And I'm surprised that none of you guys made this pick as well was picking the Niners to beat the Rams over this past week. I know the Niners were kind of depleted as far as injuries go, but the addition of CMC showed a lot on Sunday when he had a trifecta of touchdowns with a passing touchdown, receiving touchdown and rushing touchdown. The first player to do that in a regular season game since Ladany and Tomlinson in 2005. And the Niners have, haven't lost to the Rams in the regular season since 2018. So I said, trends will continue. We'll pick the Niners. That's where I went, right? But where I went wrong was picking Tampa Bay, uh, Brett was actually the only one that did pick Baltimore on Thursday night in that uh, Thursday night football yeah. game, of course. I just didn't think it was going to be possible to see Tom Brady and the Bucks be slow for this long, and they're still slow. So we'll talk more about them specifically later, but that was a pick that I felt like, wow, I really got this one wrong.
0: Yeah, you know, a big reason why I didn't pick the Niners is because everything's been so screwy and random this year. I thought I'd go against the norm for once, uh, but it didn't pay off for me. Uh, the pick that did pay off was Washington over the Colts. Taylor Henneke uh, looked pretty good, man. Looked pretty good. And the defense is getting better, too. Uh, so again, another team we'll talk about a little bit later, Washington. Uh, they get me my pick. Uh, where I went wrong was Pittsburgh. Another situation where I just had a feeling. Uh, that Pittsburgh would play well against Philly, and they did for the first half, but not very much for the second half. Uh Philly stays undefeated, obviously. And uh Pittsburgh not looking great.
1: Yeah. I was very surprised uh to see Pitt instead of Philly on there. Yeah. Uh but you know, you gotta make upset picks and stuff mm-hmm. like this in order to I was in last place, man. I gotta yeah, yeah, catch up back. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> On to our fantasy play of the week, where I'm saying buy low on Jonathan Taylor, last year's leading rusher. This year, he's doing RB30 in fantasy, so obviously not going to plan, but I think now with Sam Ellinger at quarterback, he's going to be getting the ball a bit more because we saw how Matt Ryan was kind of just being reckless and throwing the ball around a ton. I think Ellinger is going to have to rely on Jonathan Taylor a bit more. I know their offensive line isn't that good, but Jonathan Taylor should be good enough to return to at least the RB 10 through 15 spot in fantasy for the rest of the year.
0: My fantasy play is going to be to not be afraid to hold on to Chuba Hubbard, even though Dante Foreman had an awesome week, and you should definitely start him if you have him. Chuba Hubbard is, uh, is still a great back and probably going to be the receiving back in that system once he's healthy. You know, P.J. Walker's not going to be throwing it deep to D.J. every single time like he was last week. That was kind of a one of a crazy throw, by the situation. Way. That was a crazy um, throw. And you know Carolina, man. It's all interim coaches. They're going to get everybody the ball. It's going to be spread around. So don't be afraid to pick up Juba.
1: Yeah. Moving on to where's your head at now. We're talking 2021 QBs. They've all kind of been a little bit disappointing in the first year and a half. Uh, we're talking about five guys today. We're keeping Trey Lance out of it because we still don't really know what's going on with him. Obviously injured now, but we really haven't gotten a good glimpse of who he can be. We haven't seen him start like three games in a row and see the ups and downs throughout a season and stuff like that. So the five guys that we'll be talking about are Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Justin Fields and Davis Mills. Uh, so let's start from number five. Who is the worst quarterback out of these five uh, quarterbacks drafted in uh, 2021?
0: I'm going to go with Davis Mills at the bottom here. Uh, Nothing against Davis Mills. He's been all right. I guess he's just the least physically gifted out of these guys and probably the most likely to uh, get moved on from
1: here. Yeah. Number five for me, I'm going with Mack. Uh, good completion percentage so far this year, but he's only averaging 198 yards per game right now. And in the games play that he has, he's got three touchdowns and seven interceptions. And when you look at how Mac Jones was last year, part of the reason why he was so good is that he was holding on to the football for the Patriots. And he has not done them for this year, done that for them this year. And comparatively to these other guys, I think he's got the lowest ceiling. And right now he's playing at the lowest floor at any of these guys right now, too. Moving on to number four.
0: Number four, it's going to be Mac Jones. I give him the bump over Davis Mills because, I mean, he was really good last year. You know, we can't forget about that. Uh, he's been really bad this year, too. That's why he's four, of course. But I don't know. He, he's just a little less likely to be moved on from Davis Mills, um, even though Bailey Zappi did play a little bit over him. Uh, I, I still like Mac over Davis Mills just by a little bit, though.
1: Yeah. The reason why I have Mac at five, by the way, too, is also I'm trying to not put in as much from last year's input because we've already seen how little that last year's input has into this year because, you know, they were splitting with Zappy. And uh, I think when you see that that insurance of last year and being how good he is, is kind of worn off already. Uh, But number four for me is going to be Zach Wilson, Uh, low completion percentage of all these guys. He's. Making the big play, but sometimes not the plays that you need him to make. Uh, Three touchdowns, five interceptions, as well as one rushing touchdown so far this year. I think out of all these guys, he probably has had the best weapons throughout this year. I mean, I know Brees Hall is now hurt at this point, but when he was there, he had probably the best running back out of any of these guys. Benzo
0: Mims, Jeff Smith, pretty good.
1: I mean, Garrett Wilson, Corey (laughs) Davis, uh, Elijah Moore is there. Obviously, they have literally zero chemistry, so it doesn't work out but yeah. maybe that's part of just how he's been playing uh and he just struggles to do the right thing consistently i think uh and i know you're going to see that a lot with pretty much all these guys on this list because they're young qbs but i feel like the instances where zach wilson can just take that short pass instead of going long happen so much more often and he if he was just playing that short short read off the time he'd be being in a yeah. lot, lot better situation
0: Moving on to number three. Number three, I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence here. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has almost identical stats to Zach Wilson so far in their careers. And I'm not going to, you know, tell you what separates Zach Wilson yet, but I'm just going to say if Trevor Lawrence was doing this in New York, they'd be calling him a bust too.
1: Yeah. Number three for me is going to be Davis Mills. Uh, Solid completion percentage, 214 yards per game right now this season, eight touchdowns, six interceptions, and zero fumbles. Uh, I believe he's one of the two guys besides Zach Wilson to have zero fumbles out of any of these guys. Uh, And he he was kind of the dark horse out of these five guys. Uh, Skyler said in his his part that he is the most likely to be moved on from, Mm -hmm. and I agree with that. But in comparison to these other four guys, I think he's been doing better than a couple of them. Uh, and I think he, besides Brandon cooks and now Damien Pierce, like the two, three, four options and the tight end on that team is probably one of the worst, if not the worst when it comes to these guys. So he's not having a good defense or he's not having good weapons around him to know like if he's going to win a game, he's got to do it himself
0: pretty much. Uh, number two. All right. So number two is going to be Zach Wilson. Um, and I'll start this off by saying he's got by far the best arm on this list. That's why he gets a big jump for me. I'm trying not to homer it, and I'll 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 back myself up here because although Zach Wilson has made a lot of mistakes, he has been really, really, really good in the pocket this year. He has the fourth most, uh, or sorry, the fourth highest completion percentage over the middle. He has the seventh most passing yards um, in a clean pocket in the NFL this year. Uh, He just changes just a little bit, just fixes a couple throws each game. He's a really good quarterback.
1: Number two for me, I'm going to go with uh, Justin Fields, Uh, 58% completion percentage. He's got the lowest yards per game as far as passing go at 150 so far this season. Seven touchdowns, six interceptions. He does have six fumbles, but he's also by far the best runner out of any of these guys in uh, this draft class and he's got 440 424 rushing yards so far this year with three touchdowns I think he has the highest potential out of all these guys his ceiling if everything goes right is like a Josh Allen type dude where he has the the big mentality and he can run and he can throw and he can do all this stuff but he's got literally zero consistency because you'll be watching Justin Fields play and he'll escape out of the pocket dodge a guy and make make it look like he's a patrick mahomes or josh allen type guy and then he'll throw it it looks like he doesn't even play quarterback other times he makes a nice throw but that consistency of being able to not have the super highs and the super lows all the time is what makes you a good quarterback and uh justin fields just isn't quite there yet number one uh why'd you put justin fields at number one sky
0: justin fields is number one for me because he's the only guy on this list who has won games on his own so far and uh maybe this is saying more about the offensive coordinators failing all five of these guys so far in their young careers but he's the only one that's uh been able to pull it off i know uh zach wilson's had a couple games with you know wins with 150 passing yards like fields but fields uh I'd say I trust a little more than the rest of these guys right now.
1: Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is my number one guy. Uh, and I mainly put him at number one because of the jump that he's made this year from last year. Cause I think out of any of these guys, if you were to throw away the rookie season, I think you can make that biggest argument for Trevor Lawrence. Cause he had urban Meyer. Now he has Doug Peterson, who obviously is a better coach than urban Meyer. I, I know that's not really saying much, Uh, And they are two and five or two and six now at this point, but he's made jumps Uh, right now is 62% completion percentage, 230 yards per game. He's got 10 touchdowns, which is the most out of any of these guys, six interceptions. uh, But when you compare these to these guys, the only guy that has less is Zach Wilson and he's played less games. So Trevor Lawrence has looked good. He hasn't looked great at really any point, but I think he's also been the most consistent out of any of these guys this year. And so I'm putting him at number one uh, in what so far looks like a pretty mediocre QB class. Yeah, let's go ahead and move on to our MVP power rankings. We're doing our top five, maybe some honorable mentions in there if you got them. Uh, this is something yeah. we did a lot last year, but we really just haven't gotten around to doing yet so far this year with some of our episodes being long. Want, I
0: think we wanted to wait a little bit. Is this guy actually in the MVP race or is this a blue?
1: <laughs> That is true. There's a couple of guys on this list that you you might be a little shocked to hear about. Uh, but do you have any honorable mentions first before we go ahead and get into it?
0: Yeah, Nick Chubb and Tyreek Hill. I think the best at their respected positions so far. Uh, they're just not going to get MVP votes. That's, that's oh boy for them.
1: Yeah, Uh, I did Nick Chubb as well as my honorable mention. And I also put Tua in there because he's been hurt a couple of games. And maybe if he had the stats of the two or three games that he missed, he'd be up in that spot. But as of right now, the Dolphins are winning when he's there. And Bryce Harper just hit a fucking moonshot to right. And the Phillies take the lead in the first. Do nothing. They're going crazy in Philly right now. I don't even have the audio on in my TV and I could probably... I could probably hear them yelling from Philly Jeff right Passion now. Yeah, Passon says life. the
0: building is shaking.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty yeah. crazy. So <laughs> kind of got that reaction live from us. But uh, yeah, awesome. on to number five of the list, guys, who do you got here? Number five, I'm going to go with Geno Smith.
0: Man, I thought this guy's career was over a long time ago, and he's playing really well. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in football. I guess he just needed some time. He's figured it out.
1: Number five for me is going to be Michael Parsons. Right now, he's the best defensive player in football. He's making plays in any position that you put him at As uh, for the Cowboys. I mean, he had that fumble recovery last week. And usually, like, fumble recovery is kind of a weird stat to look at because it's kind of opportunity-based. But the way that he, you know, got to mm-hmm. the ball and got it into the end zone was truly special. He's got eight sacks so far this year. And he is going to be around for a long, long time. That's for sure.
0: Number four. Number four is going to be Michael Parsons for me. Uh, in pretty much every single category of defensive play, you can make to change a game, he's done it. He is ridiculously good. Like you said, that fumble recovery—no one does that. You know, yeah. re- realizing you're not down and, and take off and score—that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Number four for me is where I'm going to put Geno Smith. Uh, I'm so shocked to even be putting him at all yeah. on a list somewhere, something like this, but he deserves it. I mean, the Seahawks are good because of him. And I know there's been some other good players on that team, like Tariq Wallen and Kenneth Walker have been rookies who've stepped up big time for this team, but they'd be nowhere without Gino. They'd have two or three wins max without Geno, and he's playing better than like yeah. nearly every single quarterback in the league right now. So Geno Smith's got to be number four for me. On to number three.
0: Number three, I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. Probably number two and most improved player in the league behind Geno Smith here because uh, this guy can can sling it now. And I know he's had a lot of clean pockets, but uh, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you got to hit your throws, and he's been hitting them. That's a big reason why they're uh, they're undefeated still. And uh, I will wait to continue talk about the other two guys.
1: <laughs> Number three for me is where I'm going to put Patrick Mahomes. I gave the edge to Jalen Hurts uh, because of his team being seven and zero. Mahomes has probably been the better quarterback so far, uh, but just winning the games is a big part. And uh, Mahomes team has two losses, one of them against one of the guys who's in the top spot in this MVP ladder and one of them against the guy who's not even playing quarterback for a team now. Uh, so that's why I went with Mahomes at three instead of him at two. But nonetheless, Pat's, Pat's amazing.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, number two is, is Pat for me, and I went with them at number two because looking back to that Raiders game, you know, that's the game they probably should have let slip away, but Mahomes didn't didn't let it happen, and uh, I guess it's not fair to say that to Jalen Hurts because they've been killing everybody because he hasn't had to do that much, uh, but for that reason right now, Mahomes is up on the ladder.
1: Yeah, Hurts at two, I... I have really kind of fallen in love with Jalen Hurts this year. He's a very fun quarterback to watch play, and Skyler's giving me that look. Like, did you really just say that? But Jalen Hurts, I mean, I don't know if any of you guys listening to this remember or Skyler remembers, but yes. the quarterback that I wanted the Raiders to take in 2020, if we were to take one, was Jalen Hurts. Obviously, we didn't take one at all. It kind of shocked me at that point because it really, that's when the biggest controversy was with Carr. But. If there was a guy, I wanted hurts. I feel so, like they
0: would have taken Jordan Love though to be probably to be honest. <laughs>
1: honestly. But him's doing good now, yeah. and him not only being able to run the ball but throw the ball effectively. And he has these two wide receivers in Devonta Smith and AJ Brown who are studs. Dallas Goddard, and he's got running backs pretty much everywhere. I mean, you could put Gainwell, you could put Sanders in, you could put Boston Scott in there, and they're all going to make plays for you. You have a great old line, but the guy that's gluing this team together even with their great defense too, is Jalen Hurts. And I think when you're on the best roster in football right now with the best record, the QB has got to be somewhere in that top three. And I think Jalen Hurts deserves to be a number two. Number one, Josh Allen. uh, He's a stud. He's He's a cheat code,
0: man. I mean, like maybe after this this past game where he let Green Bay come back a little bit through some awful passes, he's not in a tier of his own anymore. So maybe Jalen Hurts or Mahomes could catch him, but he's still number one.
1: Yeah, there's a reason why this guy's got minus odds right now on the MVP, yeah. and it's only week five, or not week five, week eight. Uh, he's been amazing. He's just the raw talent of this guy mixed with the the stuff that he's improved with in the four or five years that he's been in the league now. Is It's like a dream come true for Bills fans. And uh, I don't know if they're going to get their Super Bowl this year. I don't think Skyler wants them to. Uh, no. But I could definitely see him taking it home. All right, Uh, let's talk about the trade deadline. You know, we had a whole bunch of trades this week. Uh, I'll let Skylar actually first do a part that was in halftime where we're just going over the trade deadline in general and what happened. And then we'll hop into the topic that we have for Where's Your Head At. And then we'll go back and resume halftime. All
0: right, I'll just go through quickly, I guess. I got all the trades here uh, because it was a pretty crazy day. Uh, We'll start off with Roquan Smith getting traded from Chicago to Baltimore. Uh, so the Ravens got a new defensive leader. Patrick queen got a, you know, uh, has some, some issues right now. So, uh, we won't talk about that. I will save it for another day, but Roquan Smith is in there and the bears got a second round pick and a fifth in AJ Klein, but they took that second round pick and flipped it. They got a receiver. They got chase Claypool from the Steelers. And, uh, I will talk about that a little later. Uh, (laughs) spoiler. It's not a, not a good thing. Um, Bradley Chubb going from Denver to Miami for Chase Edmonds, San Francisco's first round pick this year and a fourth. So that's big. They get that first round pick. They wanted another one. I'll talk about later. Uh, now TJ, Miami yeah. doesn't
1: have a pick in the first round. Now, yeah. by the way, they had two. they lost one because of the tanking stuff allegations. And then they and traded Brady. this one away. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, TJ Hawkinson is uh, staying in his division with this trade, going to the Vikings for a second and a third. And also uh, Minnesota is going to get a a day three pick. So interesting. Uh, I don't know if we talked about Robert Quinn last week. He's going to Philly for a fourth-round pick. Uh, Not bad guy on an expiring deal. Philly's trying to win the Super Bowl. Calvin Ridley today traded to Jacksonville for uh, – it's – very it's confusing. a very confusing deal. It's a <laughs> very confusing deal. A couple of picks that could be, right now. A couple of picks that could be good depending on uh how much he plays. Yeah,
1: much. how much he plays and if he gets extended by the Jaguars, the pick goes up to like a second rounder or something like that. Yeah. It's very it's on our Twitter. I retweeted something from I believe Rapaport. So if you uh, want to go take a look at it, uh and just confuse yourself even more, just go take a look at that. Because uh, saying it is not gonna help you. <laughs>
0: That is true. Uh, but Kansas City gets another gadget guy in Kadarius Tony for two picks. Naeem Hines to Buffalo for Zach Moss mm-hmm. in a fifth. I am just seeing this for the first time. Interesting. And uh, then Miami uh, lost Edmonds, so they ended up picking up Jeff Wilson from San Francisco for a fifth. And those are pretty much the notables from the past uh, couple of days. Yeah, so, uh, Let's get into it.
1: Trade deadline is usually not something that's too big in the NFL, uh, but it took It went up to that NBA, MLB. I don't know about MLB, but went up to the NBA level of trade deadline row. These are some decently big names that are moving around. Uh, Obviously, the biggest one from this past week and stuff has been CMC. We talked about that whole move last week. So we're going to go besides that CMC trade. What has been the biggest trade that you saw this year at the trade deadline?
0: Ridley's interesting, but I don't care about it right now because he's not playing. So I'm going to go with Bradley Chubb. Because this one comes with the extension, too. Miami's defense hasn't gotten any pressure at all. If they want to beat the Jets week 18 for that playoff spot, they need to make Wilson run for his life. And uh, the last time the Jets played Miami, we scored 44 points on them. You know, they didn't get any pressure at all. So, uh, to me, this is the biggest one. If uh, Miami really wants to go on that that playoff run like you were talking about.
1: Yeah, I I definitely think it's got to be Chubb, too. Uh, Miami defense is an interesting one where they don't really have any guy that's really standing out right now, but they have a lot of DBs that can make plays. They have Xavier they have, they have Javon Holland, uh, and now they get that defensive star up in the front eight, and it's Bradley Chubb, who's a, amazing. He's only 26 years old, too. Uh, they're trying to create a duo between him and Jalen Phillips. I'm, I mean, I don't really know how good Phillips is right now. But he's only 23, Chubb's 26, uh, and when you get that long extension for him, like they said, that they're probably going to do, you're going to be in a pretty good spot for a long time uh, with how that Miami defense is set up and then how their offense is set up with Tua, Tyreek, Waddle all being on contracts that are guaranteed for a while.
0: All right, let's take this one to halftime. We'll start off with some NFL injuries. We got to do it. Um, Not as many this week, though, surprisingly. So go through it quickly. Elijah Mitchell. Looking to return. Niners running back. Uh, CMC's there, but I guess uh, there's still going to be some work for him to do. Yeah.
1: They have their bye this week, though, so he'll come back after the bye is what's what's rumored.
0: Okay, that's cool. Uh, But Herb Smith for the Vikings, the tight end, out 8-10 to weeks with a high ankle sprain. That is why they traded for Hawkinson. Uh, Pretty big move again. Uh, But last night, Bengals corner. Shadobia Awuzie tore his ACL during Monday Night Football. Another huge loss for Cincinnati. And uh, I think it was last week we talked about Cincinnati being all the way back. I don't know if that's true anymore.
1: Yeah, the chase injury was something that kind of happened over that time period, too, since uh, we last made our episode 111. Uh, It kind of came as a shock, of course. uh, Him being out for however long, it's kind of confusing as of what it is going to be for Chase, because they didn't put him on short term IR. Yeah. If it's not on short term IR, then it's got to be under four weeks. But we saw that it could be up to six. Uh, so it'll be anywhere in between two to six weeks for Jamar Chase.
0: Interesting. We'll keep an eye out, though. Uh, but Cooper Cup, another star receiver. No structural Scary. damage with the uh, the ankle injury. Kyle thought he he broke that for sure, mm. but looks like he'll uh, he'll suit up for next week. So uh, pretty cool for the Rams. There, their season's on the line. Uh, some other guys coming back, Trey White is going to be activated to the 53 man. Looks like he's not going to be active, but uh, taking him off the uh, IR. Same with uh, with Trent McDuffie in Kansas City. And another one, Rashad Bateman, Baltimore receiver, is going to miss a few weeks with a foot injury for Baltimore. Uh, but Mark Andrews is fine for Baltimore, so good for them. Uh, and that's going to wrap up the injury. So we'll get right into the Week 9 College Football Recap. Here we go. The number one Georgia Bulldogs. (laughs) Now they, they destroyed Florida though. I'm not boomer today. Sorry. Uh, They destroyed Florida 42 to 20. They made Anthony Richardson look like a wildcat quarterback. So that guy's probably going to have to transfer or stay in school for another year because after this performance, there's no way he's getting drafted. Um, Georgia defense on fire. Uh, Oregon stays hot. Bo Nix, another game with six touchdowns. There you go, Brett. Um, USC again in the PAC 12, Caleb Williams, 400 yards, five touchdowns. Crazy for him. Uh, I mentioned Ohio state stays alive, still undefeated. They got to be undefeated going to that Michigan gamer. They're going to be screwed. Uh, TCU stays alive on the road against West Virginia. They're going to stay undefeated eight and no Max Duggan, Quentin Johnson, crazy combination in the big 12 over there. Uh, Notre Dame upset Syracuse on the road. Notre Dame wasn't ranked and they still aren't spoiler, but, um, Pretty cool for them. Kansas state's new team on fire in the big 12, the new team to beat. Uh, they shut out Oklahoma state 48 to nothing. Can you believe that one? Um, yeah,
1: I was very shocked. I thought I went on ESPN uh-huh. to check the scores this uh, on Saturday. And I saw that. I thought it was a mistake. And I'm looking at the stats. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's really not a mistake. And uh, yeah, you just don't see blowouts to that scale by an underdog that often.
0: If you notice, I decided not to have Oklahoma State covering, but I still did not expect this to happen. Very bad. Uh, Wake Forest, they were number 10. They lose on the road to Louisville, 48-21. to 21. They forced eight turnovers on Sam Howell. Not good for him. That's a guy I like watching. So hopefully he can turn it Sam around. Sam Howell? Um, oh, is it Hartman? Hartman, sorry. Yeah, Hartman. Hartman. She, I just played Sam Howell in my Madden franchise. Oh yeah, that's
1: all good.
0: Right. Uh, Tennessee destroys Kentucky, forty-four to six. Man, Will Levis threw three picks, under hundred yards. It was not good. Uh, maybe people stop comparing him to Josh Allen now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ole Miss stays alive on the road, eight and one. They beat Texas A and M, so they're still in play for uh, a big BCS bowl. So that's the last of their notice, but. Some more big stuff. We just found out an hour ago, the committee has their official first ranking for Week 10. We got a new number one team in the nation. It's Tennessee. They're going to be playing Georgia, who's number three. Ohio State's in between them. Clemson gets the four spot over Michigan and Bama, who are the first two out. And then there's TCU, Oregon, USC, and LSU still kind of alive here if something crazy happens in the SEC. So I'm interested to see what happens. Uh, I hope we get a mix up, and it's not just Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, or Michigan again, because that would suck. Uh, so hopefully TCU and um, and some of the Pac-12 schools can win out. We get some uh, some difference in there. So, That'd yeah. be cool.
1: That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Moving on to our pick standings through Week Eight. First off, let's look at Week Eight specifically. I had a bad week. I went nine for 15, uh, putting me in last place for the week. Skyler had a better week than me, but still not first place this week going 10 out of 15. And then Alex and Brett both had 11 out of 15 pick weeks, uh, giving up tie for first place there. Alec Baum hits a bomb bomb. (laughs) (laughs) left and the Phillies are up three, nothing. he leads off the bottom half of the second with his first Homer of the playoffs. But going back to our pick settings through yes. this first eight weeks now, uh, Skyler's still in last, unfortunately, seventy-one out of one twelve. Next up, what's is that uh, Brett, percentage? Oh, you're putting me on the spot right there. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, seventy-one divided by one twelve is sixty-three. My worst by far. Percent. Next up is Brett seventy-five out of one twelve. Alex seventy-eight out of one twelve, and I'm Edging Alex by one seventy nine out of one twelve, and uh I got the lead through eight weeks, so that's nothing to complain about. There, moving on uh-huh. to Steve Nash and Ime Udoka, who you may might know something <laughs>
0: about Edging, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so crazy news. First off, so Steve Nash fired this morning after the Nets three crazy. two and five start. In the 2022 campaign, you know, they got that great roster, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, some various other guys on that roster as well. Nash gets fired. Kind of knew he's a shitty coach. Uh The guy that they bring in, though, Ime Udoka, he <laughs> led person. the Celtics to. <laughs> yeah, led the Celtics to. The finals last year. That's true. Was suspended for this year by the Celtics. Celtics said, "Okay, you can look around for other jobs and stuff like that, but we don't think other people are going to hire you because you don't you're think you're going to go to a rival and stuff like that." <laughs> and he ends up going to the team that the Celtics swept last year in the first round. Uh I'm pretty sure he still has to serve out the suspension, so he's not going to be their coach until next year, I assume. Okay. Uh, I don't really know how that stuff works. I haven't really seen any of that in like tweets or anything like that from Schefter or not Schefter. You wouldn't know. uh, Loge or Sean, Shams, any of those guys. I haven't seen anything from that, which is kind of confusing. I thought that'd be something that they'd talk about. So that's obviously something we'll see over this next week or so, but pretty crazy news is Ime Udoka, first year head coach last year for the Celtics took them to the finals gone from them, obviously with his affair stuff that he had going on. And now, coach of the Brooklyn Nets to be announced within the next twenty-four to forty-eight hours. Yeah, all right. Let's go ahead and move on to where's your head at again? Going away from halftime. Only a couple of things in the second half here, but still just as big as the stuff that we talked about in the first half. For starting off is we gotta talk about the decline of some of these older teams in the NFL, led by three quarterbacks that might have their glory days behind them. Tom Brady with the Bucks, Aaron Rodgers with the Packers and Matthew Stafford with the reigning champ, Los Angeles Rams right now, those teams sit at nine, 10 and 11 or yeah, nine, 10 and 11 in the NFC with the Rams being three and four and the other two teams being three and five. We did not expect this. I think me and Skeller had all three of these teams making the playoffs and making it pretty handily, easily, uh, is this the start of the decline for these three teams Uh, is one team stick out to you where maybe, you know, they're going to break out of it or what do you see from these three? I think all
0: three teams have a very dark future, but I'll try to separate them as best as I can. I'll start with Tampa Bay. Because they're going to be alive as long as Tom Brady's there. There's a lot of questions about the coaching staff, though. So as soon as Brady leaves, I think that may be the worst year. But Green Bay, it's a similar situation with Rodgers with kind of a worse roster. But it looks like they have some great coaches who are going to be there for a long time. So I'm not as worried about Green Bay. The Rams, though. No draft picks. We saw they already tried to trade the next level of draft picks that they have uh, for Bradley Chubb. They didn't get them, though. But when this current regime starts to underperform, which may be sooner than possible, uh, sooner than we think, not possible, uh, mm-hmm. they're owed way too much money to flip them to make roster changes. If if Ramsey uh, and uh, isn't performing, Donald retires, Stafford doesn't fix his shoulder, this team's going to be a mess. They already are right now. That's yeah, be the worst.
1: Yeah, there's there's one team that fate seems a little bit different to me. Uh, but first off, I'll talk about the Bucks. Once Brady's done, I mean, this team's going to kind of de- assemble into something else. Go, go into some, some other teams and stuff like that. Just how we saw when Tom Brady came there, there's a whole bunch of free agents that want to say, hey, I want to play for the Bucs. Yeah. I want to play for Tom Brady uh, and be on his team. But we've also have had somewhat situations like this with Tom Brady. We haven't had this like prolonged three, four game streak where they're just not playing well, but we've seen the Patriots be bad for a couple of games when Tom Brady was over there and say, Hey, Tom Brady's done, you know, mm-hmm. and we're, we're all kind of stoked about that. Cause we're kind of due for some other quarterbacks in this league. And then he
0: ends but up winning uh, 11 games anyways.
1: Exactly, they end up winning eleven games in a row, and with how they are right now, they can still win the division quite easily because it's the it's the Falcons that have the number one seed, and the Falcons are only a game above them. Brandon Marsh hits a home run. it's four nothing Philly. that's pretty crazy. They
0: traded they Mickey just I know it's it's not even close to what we're talking about, but they got this guy from Mickey Moniac, a bust in their farm system, and he yeah. just homered in the World Series. that's crazy. Yeah.
1: But Sorry. once Brady's gone, the team in general is gone. The fan base is gone. And uh, at least they got their Super Bowl. Yeah. Next up, I want to talk about the Rams. The Rams are interesting because, I mean, Stafford isn't nearly as old as these other two quarterbacks, but he does not look good. Their cap issues are going to be evident here in mm. a couple of years. They don't have draft picks, they're going to be bad for a long time. And I think this is the start of the decline for the roster. But I'm curious about how long does McVeigh have yeah. if they do start to suck? Does he? You know, he he, he
0: questioned guys? retiring after the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, it's possible he, he's out of there as soon as they they win something something else.
1: John Payton type deal where he yeah. goes and sign for somebody else in a couple of years or something like that. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, the rebuild's gonna start soon. There, LA is gonna be bad for a while at some point. Uh, in the near future green bay though i think they're a little bit different because they don't have that a deficit of picks they don't Mm -hmm. have a super trashy roster outside of Rodgers. he's got a four-year four-year deal with him right now and i think matt lafleur is probably the best head coach out of any of the three guys that that we've mentioned from these three teams and i like the packers outside of aaron Rodgers. i know it doesn't look pretty right now but you're gonna make some right picks eventually you know, you're going to hit on somebody you have, yeah. Jordan Love, who sucks, but he's he's there. You know, you have a guy if you really want to turn him into somebody. Uh, I don't know if it's the start of the decline. I think it's going to be a regression from what we saw of, you know, the Packers the last five to eight years where they just win 12 hmm. to 14 games every single year, win their division, take the number one or two seeds and then get kicked out in the NFC Conference Championship but it's not going to be as bad as the other two teams that we were talking about. Let's move on to the segment that we started last week called, are they dead or ruling out teams <laughs> uh, that suck uh, as far as once we get into this season, when their season is dead, the five teams that we have ruled dead so far this year from me and Skyler were the Texans, Detroit, Carolina, Pittsburgh, and Jacksonville. Now Carolina did get a win last week. I'm still going to have them dead. Oh, they didn't get a win. My bad. You blew it. But it kind of felt like they had a win for a little while. They played Uh, a lot better. Yeah. I'm keeping all five of these teams dead. Do you want to make any changes or has anybody revived from the dead?
0: No, no. Pittsburgh was close, but they ended up still getting killed. So they're they're dead.
1: And the two teams that we talked about last week that we didn't rule dead were the Saints and the Browns. And they ended up getting big wins, uh, respectively, in week eight. Uh, So the four teams that we're talking about this week for Are They Dead are the Raiders, the Colts, the Bears, and the Cardinals. So we'll talk about my team first. The Raiders, are they dead?
0: I'm sorry, Kyle. The Raiders are dead. The defense has been getting absolutely gashed week in, week out. Um, And there could be big changes coming, especially if they keep the head coach, uh, you know, like who's playing quarterback, running back, uh, on the edge, uh, other than... uh, than Mr. Crosby, but uh, it's not going to be this year. I'm very interested to see where this goes because if they end up, uh, you know, blowing this thing up, they could get uh, some pretty good building blocks here. It's a pretty good draft class, uh, but then again, it's still a good roster. You don't have to blow it up. So sorry. They're dead this year, but.
1: I'm saying we're dead as well. I think it's, uh, I I don't really want to blame it on the defense because when, when you have, theoretically what could be this good of an oh no offense, i just
0: i wanted to leave the offense to you
1: yeah, yeah yeah when you theoretically have this good of an offense allowing 20 to 24 points should be fine you know you should be scoring 30 points per game and we have for most of the year but when you get shut out against the saints one of the worst defenses in all of the league and you don't make it across midfield until stidham comes in in garbage time with two minutes left to go uh, yeah, that that's going to hurt your team morale. It's going to hurt everything. Uh, it has raised the jobs or not raise, raise questions about the jobs of McDaniels and Carr and some of the other guys on the team as well. Like we don't throw the ball to Renfro. What's going on there? Darren Waller, he hasn't played at all. And we don't really know if he is in it as much as he has been in the last few mm-hmm. years. And it's just it's frustrating as a Raider fan, of course, but I mean what can I do as a fan? I'm just gonna watch the games regardless and hope that we win yeah. every single week. Uh but we're dead, man. Like it, it's it sucks that this has become a waste of a year, but I mean there's nothing we can do. Moving on to the Colts. Are they dead?
0: The Colts are dead. Uh Ellinger wasn't great last week. Again, it's not his fault, uh, but this team's pretty hurt. They're not gonna catch Tennessee. And I don't think we have to think really hard about this one. They're going to be dead.
1: Yeah, I'm saying they're dead. I don't think you make a move to Sam Ellinger out going away from Matt Ryan. I know Matt Ryan hasn't been good, but he's going to be better than what Ellinger is, in, in my opinion. And when you go away from Matt Ryan, who has had some good games, you're kind of just shooting yourself in the foot because you're going to have mm-hmm. to go through that couple-week period at least. They kind of get acclimated to playing quarterback in the National Football League. And once you lose those two, three, four games, you're out of it at that point. So I say the Colts are dead. Next up are the Bears who were very active on the trade deadline day, trading away Roquan Smith, uh, and getting <laughs> Chase Claypool, I guess, as mm-hmm. well. Uh are the Bears dead, Skylar, after they lose big to the Cowboys this past weekend.
0: I'm going to say they're not dead yet because green Bay is pretty awful right now. And fields has been playing good. Claypool is going to help him so much for this year. And then after that, it's going to screw them so hard. I mean, you pretty much traded Roquan Smith for, for Claypool, a guy who is a head case. You don't know if this guy's going to resign with you or not. And he's been crazy making bad plays on and off the field. Um, but they could be dead very soon because yeah. of these reasons. Uh, but you know, for now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill them because they they've all been playing pretty well the last couple of weeks.
1: I don't think the Bears have been that bad, but I think the NFC has generally stepped it up this year. Uh, and so I'm gonna say that they are dead. They don't have a chance in the division. The Vikings are running away with it right now. And in order for them to be in the playoffs, they have to be better than either, They have to be at least better they can only have two of these teams be worse than them out of these, however many teams, the Cowboys, the giants, the Niners, the commanders, the Rams, the bucks, the Packers, the Cardinals, and the saints. And I think just about every single team that we listed right there is better than what the bears are. So just because the season has gone a little bit better than what you might've expected for this team. I still think they are dead. I'm going to give the young
0: gun one more shot.
1: (laughs) There we go. I like the Bears. I don't mind yeah. them. I just don't think this is going to be a year for them to really do much. Yeah. Moving on, the Arizona Cardinals, the last team that we'll talk about here.
0: Yeah, uh, they're not dead either, in my opinion. There's a lot of divisional games left, and it's pretty wide open right now with Seattle leading the pack. Um Kyler and D Hop looks like it's uh they're back to normal, you know. But another situation where they could be dead very soon, because like you said, the NFC's very close. Uh, so if they lose, uh, to Seattle and San Francisco one more time, it's, it's over. But if they, uh, hang around 500 for the rest of the year, it's possible. Cause yeah. I, you know, I'm not buying what every NFC team is doing. They're going to be close at the end.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm not ruling out the Cardinals quite yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still have four divisional games to go. Three of them being over the next three weeks. So We'll know very quickly if this Cardinals team is dead or not, uh, but they got their biggest offensive weapon back, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. Their offense has looked good in the two weeks that they've had him. They probably should have won that game in Minnesota. They had three or four chances in the last seven minutes of the ball game that were just like, I- I'd be watching it, look away. Next thing you know, the Vikings have the ball again, whether it be a punt, turnover, whatever it is. It's just like, what is going on there? Uh, Kyler's been sloppy. Uh, defense has been sloppy. I'm not rolling them dead quite yet because I still believe in miracles, (laughs) but they're hanging on by a thread and they're on live support. All right. Let's go ahead and move to our bets from this past week. Our layups our bold predictions. Two for four this past week for me and Skyler. Each of us both got one right and the other was wrong. Of course, Uh, my layup pick was diners money line. I talked about that where we went, right? I mean, I already gave my reasons for that. I'm not going to do it again. So, got that one right. Skyler had University of Kentucky plus 12.5 at Tennessee. We talked about how bad the Kentucky quarterback was. And so that's going to be a red for Skyler. I'm taking the 12.5 line this week with the Chiefs minus 12.5 versus Tennessee. If Malik Willis is in that game, I think it's going to be bad news for the Titans. Even if Tannehill's there, Andy Reid coming off of a bye does not lose games. And they usually blow the team out by quite a distance, too. So I'm going with the Chiefs minus 12
0: on All right. Sunday night. I'm not going to make this mistake again. I'm taking the volunteers to cover here. Uh, they're on the road against Georgia. Plus eight and a half. I know Georgia is very good, but Tennessee averages 45 points per game. You know, I think it's very possible this is a, a field goal game unless Georgia uh, has multiple defensive touchdowns. Yeah,
1: should be a game though. For sure, to to watch. So on Saturday, make sure you got your TV on probably around 1230. I'm pretty sure I'm starting work right at 1230. Ah, yeah, it's too bad. Full predictions. Last week, I had the Cardinals winning over Minnesota. That did not happen, as I mentioned, like 20 seconds ago. Uh, And Skyler had the Commanders over the Indianapolis Colts. That did happen due to a scary Terry catch Mm -hmm. down at the goal line setting up a uh, touchdown for, I don't know who ended up getting a touchdown, but it was mainly that Terry touchdown that was big uh, late in the game. And uh, Washington ends up getting a dub and getting a green there. This week, I have the Rams over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa, plus 130. I think this is a game more for the Rams' life than it is for the Buccaneers' life, especially if Cooper Cup plays in this one. I like the Rams.
0: I'm gonna go with Washington again. They're gonna beat Minnesota at home. Both of these teams play really well in one possession games. I love Goat. and uh, you know I, I really think this is gonna be more of a pickem than what it's at one plus one sixty right now for uh, Washington. So I like those odds.
1: Yeah, that's gonna do it for episode one twelve. Yeah. Though uh, World Series going on, like we mentioned. Currently, Philly's up 4 nothing in the top of the third. By the time next week, we will know the World Series champion. Maybe some free agency predictions for one of oh. the biggest free agencies in all of baseball these last three years. Yeah. Uh, football, of course. Maybe a couple things happen in basketball. We'll know if you made Doke coaching or not for the Nets by then. And, uh, yeah, we shall see. Yeah. See you guys
0: next week. Go Jets and Phils and
1: Colorado State. Go Raid.